God, your love for us is so much greater than our desire for you. Our finding you, you find us first. God's love will find us regardless where we are in our life, in our situations. Your love reigns. We desire it. We want it. And thank you, God, for just expressing it in so many different ways, through people, through your creation, through spirit, through dreams, your revelation. We welcome your revelation, Lord, into our lives about your love, which is so much greater than we can imagine. So, amen. Um, yeah, we have to leave this little place here and move on to some teaching that Babette's going to give us. So, Babette, why don't you come up? Take a few minutes for bathroom breaks. Oh, oh that's yeah. because I have yeah. something to. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, let's just pray. I'll stand away. Um, <laughs> Thank you for Mabette and her skills and her love for you. And we just pray that your supernatural power would come through her yes, to speak to us about your love. Holy Spirit, fill her with the knowledge of Jesus mm-hmm. and his works. And help us, mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, to receive what she says. Mm-hmm. Because we're thankful that it comes from you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now am I on? Can can you hear me now? <laughs> oh, so I'm just looking out. I think you all know me, so I don't have to do a big introduction. I, I guess for those who might be watching someday on the Internet or Facebook, I'm Bobette a member of this church that sometimes comes up and talks to you about things. When First off, I, I just want to say um, thank you for your prayers, which I've asked abundantly for over the last uh, several months. And I know some of you have already asked me how I'm feeling today. So I want to just tell you I am feeling wonderful today maybe this whole past week the best I have felt uh, since um, a recent surgery Um, it's right I think it's a God thing Uh, when I was asked a couple weeks ago to do if I could do this teaching I go like I I said, I'm, in my mind, I said, I'm sorry, Peter, but uh, I haven't made it to a Sunday for ages because Sundays, weekends are typically a hard moment for me. And I, and I have no, I'm just not making big commitments for future moments because I can never predict what they're going to be. So I was pretty much saying, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. But that night, I woke up in the middle of the night just with this conviction on my heart that I should say yes. And before I could um, say 
figure out why I should say no again, I emailed Peter in the middle of the night and said, okay, I'm, I think I can do it. But, um, but I did have some fear, and to tell you the truth, that week was probably one of the worst weeks I have had since um, my surgery, and it just made me even more nervous to, for this commitment because when you're in the middle of pain, you really can't think too much about wanting to do anything. So I just kept praying. I said, okay, God, I, I feel you uh, led me to that commitment, so you're going to have to make it possible for me to actually show up. And um, I will say this is the very best week I have had. And I believe the Holy Spirit did show up, and I'm just wanting to give praise and credit to that. Um, today we're going to talk about love. We're in this series on the fruits of the Spirit. I'm going to talk about this uh, agape love. That's how the, that's the word, the Greek word that is used when Jesus talks about this love he has for us. And the way that transitioned from me being feeling good to that is because I felt very loved this week. Now, let's see what, how it works for you guys. <laughs> um, this is really a hard uh, topic, I think, at this point in time to, to talk about, only because it gets talked about so much, and you all know as much as I do on this subject. Um, so maybe what I'm here to do is for to remind us to think about it and to pray through it and see we, where we go with it. I think I am going to start, though, with an overview from a, a little short video from the Bible Project. And maybe, Doug, you can cue that up. So if you've heard of Jesus, you probably know about one of his famous teachings called the Golden Rule. Do to others what you would want them to do to you. And this, actually, is a restatement of something else that Jesus said, that the meaning of life is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's really beautiful, but what does he mean exactly by the word love? It's an unclear word in English, because you can love your mom and you can love pizza. And if the word love means the same thing in both of those cases, your mom's going to feel real bad. So what did Jesus mean in his language? Well, first of all, this love your neighbor phrase is a quotation from the Hebrew scriptures, where the word for love is ahava. However, the language Jesus spoke and taught in from day to day it was a cousin language of Hebrew, that is Aramaic, in which the word for love is rahma. But then, as Jesus' followers spread his teachings around the world, they translated them into Greek using the word agape. But here's what's fascinating. The earliest followers of Jesus who wrote the books of the New Testament in Greek, they didn't learn the meaning of agape by looking it up in ancient dictionaries. Rather, they looked to the teachings of Jesus and the story of his life to redefine their very concept of love. So one time, Jesus was asked about the most important command in the Jewish scriptures. And he first quoted from the ancient prayer in the Torah called the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart 
So love for God is the most important thing. But then Jesus quickly followed up by saying another command from the Torah was also the most important, to love your neighbor as yourself. So which is the most important, loving God or loving your neighbor? Jesus' answer is yes. To ask the question means you don't get his point. For Jesus, they are two sides of the same coin. Your love for God will be expressed by your love for people and vice versa, they're inseparable. And so this makes it clear that for Jesus, agape love is not primarily a feeling for someone else that happens to you, like our phrase, I fell in love. For Jesus, love is action. It's a choice that you make to seek the well-being of people other than yourself. Jesus also went on to teach that genuine love for God and others means seeking people's well-being without expecting anything in return, especially from people who are in difficult situations who can't repay you even if they wanted to. According to Jesus, this kind of generous love reflects the very heartbeat of God. And he took this even further. Jesus said that the ultimate standard of authentic love is how well you treat the person that you can't stand. Or in his words, you shall love your enemy and do good to them, expecting nothing in return. For Jesus, this kind of enemy-embracing love imitates the very character of God himself. Now, we wouldn't be talking about Jesus still today if he had only said things like love your enemy. This is how he actually lived. Jesus was constantly helping and serving the people around him in very practical and tangible ways. And he consistently moved towards poor and hurting people who couldn't benefit him in return. He showed love for the forgotten ones, the people who usually fall through the cracks. And when Jesus eventually marched into Jerusalem, he made himself an enemy of the leaders of his people by accusing them of hypocrisy and corruption. But then instead of attacking his enemies to overthrow them, he allowed them to kill him. Jesus died for the selfishness and corruption of his enemies because he loved them. After Easter morning, Jesus and then his followers claimed that it was the power of God's love for the world that was revealed in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. As the Apostle Paul put it, God demonstrated his own agape for us in this. While we were still sinners, the Messiah died for us. Or in the words of the Apostle John, God's own agape was revealed when he sent his one and only son into the world so that through him we could have life. And for John, then, this leads naturally to the conclusion, beloved ones, if that's how God has loved us, then we ought to show love for one another. So Christian faith involves trusting that at the center of the universe is a being overflowing with love for his world, which means that the purpose of human existence is to receive this love that has come to us in Jesus and then to give it back out to others, creating an ecosystem of others-focused, self-giving love. And that's the New Testament meaning of agape love. Okay. Well, that's simple enough. Go forth now and do it. That's all I need to say, right? Well, as much as I appreciate that clear and concise uh, overview of love and how it, I agree with everything it says and, and how Jesus is the definition of that love and models it. It's still, it's not that simple, is it? I mean, this agape love, this suffering, sacrificial love, 
is hard. It's not pink and tan with fun font. I like it. I'm not critiquing that. But let's face it. It's not... It's not easy. It's not an easy love. God is calling us to when he says, love, you, love me with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. It's hard to love people who misunderstand us, who malign us, who knock us down when we're trying to do what we think is right or kind who don't show us any appreciation for when we've put out what we feel is a lot of effort to help. Um, That's hard. I wonder if we run just a little too fast past the cross on our way to get to the empty tomb. And... uh, Because the cross is hard and to stay in that place is a hard place. You get I'm going to use the word hard quite a bit (laughs) this morning probably. I already have. Um, Yeah, boy, it's hard. I've gathered some images and Doug, if you can start the tape rolling. This is just a bed of images of the cross. It's going to go on while I'm teaching. I'm not narrating it. I'm not giving you an art history lesson, although I have taken art history lessons on this image and taken them from someone who didn't understand this image, and there was a blessing in it. So if you ever take art history and you want to know something about our faith, Art history is a great class to take. Um, But let's uh, go on also. uh, This is going to go on behind me, but just a clue for the people, if anybody's uh, cluing in through Facebook, that's all you're going to see because I've asked them to lay that whole bed down. So so that we could all, not only so they could see it, but so that we all could go back to this if we wanted to at a later date and just turn the sound down, just meditate on the images. Um, Because they are horrific, they are beautiful, they are deep, and they are terrifying all at the same time to see how over the ages we have tried to grasp this cross and what it's meant and try to understand it and um, up to this day. So this is going to go all the way into 2020 with images and we're still grappling with this image. We're still repainting it, redoing it, retalking about it today because it's still as baffling and as relevant as it was at the beginning. But let's move on to um, think about 
what it means to to have this sacrificial love that that Jesus called us to this agape love um, I can tell you what it isn't it isn't a theological construct it isn't it can't be tied up neatly with our church doctrine it isn't limited to the walls of this church. It isn't limited to our worship songs and our doxology and our three-point sermons. It isn't even contained in that. It has to be lived out on the streets. It has to be um, understood. It's not fully understood until it's lived out on the streets. And in fact, if we if we don't take it out onto the streets, it's irrelevant. It's not relevant here if it's not relevant there. It's not true here if it's not true out there. But boy, it's hard to love people. It's hard to love ourselves. But it, but this love our neighbor as ourselves, well, I guess it, w- it isn't so hard if you think I don't really love myself. So, But I... I um, I don't think that's what Jesus was pointing to. But it's hard. It's hard to stand beside people who are struggling in their lives with their failures and, and their journeys that, that you're wanting to help them move forward. But every step they take, they take two or three backwards. And, it, and you can't make it right for them. It's hard to stay there and not try to fix them, but just love them. It's hard to stand beside people who have lost hope, who uh, are suicidal. I know some people in this room have have ministered to people they dearly love through suicidal moments. And sometimes uh, we had a woman in my house group that I was leading who committed suicide, I was the last person she talked to before I found out. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard. It's gut-wrenching to, um, to be in that position. It's hard to love those people who oppose us, who disagree with us, who have no regrets for that. Who, aren't, who seem to not even be considering our side, not even open for the discussion of it. I mean, how do you stand beside that and, and not get angry, but keep encouraging, keep uh, saying, okay, and try to hear what they're saying when they're, they seemingly aren't trying to hear what I'm saying? That's, it's not easy to love that person. We all have people like that in our lives. Oh, it's hard to to love even ourselves and also those in our inner circle when they reject us, when we feel rejected, when they abuse us, people who are supposed to love us, abuse us. It's hard to not get bitter, to not um, 
build up walls so we won't be hurt again. So uh, it's hard when we're in the midst of our own woundedness to allow ourselves to, to love others and to have them try in their faulty ways to love us. And it's hard to not become cynical and judgmental in a world that is trying in theory to to help and to our government that's making policies to our charitable organizations that are reaching out to our own acts of kindness and nothing seems to solve the issue it's hard to remain hopeful in that let alone putting out that energy like to keep loving through it to keep thinking and wanting the best for for everyone to keep saying we as a community are powerful and can move through this together so it's hard it's too hard the reality is we can't do it we can't there's no amount of willpower we have that's going to help us love i know that's a, a sobering and sad thought because this is something god calls us to and i'm here saying we can't do it it's too hard god we can't out of obedience do it we can't out of discipline do it we can't just by reading the scripture or seeing uh, a video that lays it all out plain for us do it oh it's not that we can't do good things we can we can do good things we try to do good things those of us especially in the church I think kind of do try to to do kind and good things because we do take it seriously that this is what God calls us to but it doesn't mean that that's love it means that we're we're on our journey trying I was thinking about this and first off, let me say, not all our actions are meaningless. In fact, none of our actions are meaningless. But I remember a time when I was younger, now way younger, probably in my 20s, early 30s, where I volunteered um, a lot at a homeless shelter here in town. If you guys remember, the Episcopal Church used to have a shelter, and our church would volunteer once a month to go help out and that meant that we would a group of us a small group of us would go there and we would stay the night and we would serve the dinner and we would talk and try to be an encouragement to the people actually the only time I really washed someone's feet and I washed many people's feet <laughs> in that place because many came with very dirty and dirty feet that they couldn't reach for, couldn't 
take care of, and so we would help them. I was, uh, so that's a good thing. I, I mean, according to my Christian faith, I'm helping the poor. I, um, I definitely had sympathetic and, and generous thoughts towards these people. Um, a couple of them I might have at the time even thought I was, we were friends. I would see them out on the street and sometimes, you know, greet them. But it was ripping my heart out to work there. To see, to see all this and, and every time come back and to see, continue seeing it, I couldn't, I was coming more and more hopeless myself. It's like, how, how could things change and how could people live like this and how could we let people live like this and how could I live in a community that when I came to Madison was right when our government pushed a lot of people out of the mental health system and they ended up on the streets. So those were the people I was seeing in that homeless shelter, you know, people that had no ability to take care of themselves. And we didn't have even as much of, a, of an ability to help as a city as we do now. And I would say we have precious little ability now. But then it was only the churches, and there was only a couple of them. There was the Methodist Church, there was the Episcopal Church, and there was the... Um, the uh, oh thinking of the Goodwill group, which I can't remember, which was not a church, Salvation Army. So, um, but I worked at the only shelter that was allowing men in. The other shelter, the Salvation Army, uh, only allowed families and mainly women with children. And the Methodist Church, which was actually coming near to shutting down only allowed um, women at that time. Anyway, I was being ripped up. I just, I would come home after one of those nights. I'd just be weeping. I couldn't make it to work the next day. I, I was finding myself not even getting where was God in this. And I just felt I can't keep doing this. I can't, I can't keep putting my, I can't do this because I'm losing my own hope and what hope is there for anybody else from what I do if I myself, I mean they have more hope than I do that this is a situation they were going to live through. So I eventually um, stopped doing that. But that's what, it looks like when you're trying to do it on your own power. It wasn't wrong. It wasn't a bad person for trying to do it. But I was a powerless person because the only way that love happens is through the Holy Spirit. You know, through through the power. I can't I can't muster it up. I can, I can barely muster it up for people who are nice to me and uh, stuff, let alone, you know, people I don't know, people, you know, who are hard. But 
love, this kind of love, is a spiritual gift. That means it's, it's the only way it can come about. We can't, we're not God. We can't make it happen. So God wasn't playing with us or messing with us when he said, do it, love that way, because he was leaving us with the Holy Spirit who is going to be able, who was going to do that. Okay, well, okay, that's great. Again, let's do it. We have the Holy Spirit. We're Christians. It's not that easy either, is it? And, um, I mean, we don't automatically become these loving people when we say yes to Christ. And it's a journey. It's a journey we're all on. And I, I'm thinking back to a couple of weeks ago, David Day uh, talked about the fruits of the Spirit in general and the Holy Spirit. And he talked about this, like, fruits of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But he also talked about fruits of the flesh. And he reminded us that the fruits of the Spirit and the fruits of the flesh are in dynamic tension. They are always battling with each other. That's our journey through life, is to cling to the fruits of the Spirit and to push against the fruits of our own flesh. You know the fruits of the flesh, those temptations, our desires, our fears. You know, one of the reasons it's hard to love like this is because it's dangerous. It landed Jesus on the cross. There's a lot of crosses in this world to land on. It's, it's safer for our families, for our children. We want to keep them from those crosses. We want to keep them safe to make it to adulthood and um, to feel loved. And it's, it's hard to choose and, and really push in to the, the Holy Spirit and the things of the Spirit. Um, yeah, I just had a thought in my mind of a story, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> That's the hard thing with, with me, is as I'm talking, I'm getting all these stories that will take us to one or two in the afternoon. But... Um, But I'm actually about um, near the end here of my time because I want... So the thing we should be talking about today is not so much what is love, see how God calls us to love, because I think we all know that. And if, if you don't know that, then talk to me afterwards and I can give you some scripture that will help you learn more about that. But I, I think I'm not saying anything new to us if I say, um, if I keep talking about how much God calls us to this love and how hard it is. What I think will help us move forward 
is to talk about the Holy Spirit and to push into the Holy Spirit for more. And we're all on a journey for that. We shouldn't be ashamed about where we are in that. None of us, I'll tell you, is there at the epitome of it. I personally kind of believe when we get to that part, we might die. You know, we just might move to the next level. I don't know. But um, in any case, I want to... And Doug, maybe you can just... um, move us to the next slide, because when Dave Day was talking, he asked a question, if you were here, he asked a question, what is it like to live the life of the Spirit? And when he asked that question, there were a lot, uh, there was a lot of response in the room. Oh, it's this or that or that. It's actually, this is, I, I, I went and I listened. <laughs> And these are uh, some of the things people said. So this is our list. It's not some how-to it. These are the things we've discovered as we've read scripture and as we've lived life. And I think I'm going to take these last minutes here to uh, let's just talk among our tables and if you're at a table where there's only you to talk to then move to a table where there's some more people and I want to just unpack this list a little like what does that mean and what uh, what things are in your life have you experienced Help us, help us each grow as we share with each other. Maybe there's things you want to add to that list. What has helped you get into the presence of God more? Um, maybe, maybe you have a testimony of when you have been in the presence, what, what happened as a result. Or um, I don't know. I don't know how God's going to lead you, but I, I want to take at, at least ten, 10 or so minutes <laughs> which isn't much, to, um, to end us in this place with the Holy Spirit. And uh, because the more we grow and get deeper into the presence of God and the Holy Spirit, the more we're going to grow in this agape love. So that's me. Now it's you. <laughs> And then Jeff is going to come up and close us in prayer. And now you can turn me off.
Wow, you guys are really involved in this discussion, which is multifaceted, right? So the stories that you've just heard, the difficulties that you just heard, the victories you've just heard, um, I think it's time, uh, it'd be good for us to pray for each other. So I think um, people that have specific issues that might want prayer can bring those up on your tables. People that need to receive your God's love, be able to share God's love. That's about it, right? Be loved, share that love. And um, if there's specific people that you need help with in your life, let's pray about it right now. Just to close it off, um, yeah, just pray for each other. Pray for your friends and coworkers and people who you're in conflict with. Uh, also pray for the world. Pray for Israel-Palestinian conflict, uprising. Pray that the that there would be peace in the conflict and that you would protect the most vulnerable, Lord. Um, so bless you have a great week thank you